chromosomes. Little strands of nucleic acids and proteins are the fundamental genetic instructions that tell us who we are at birth. Most people are born with 46 chromosomes, but each year in the United States, about 6,000 people are born with an extra chromosome, making them a person with Down syndrome. If you've ever encountered someone with Down syndrome, you know that they are some of the kindest, most joyful people you will ever meet. They truly have something extra. My name is Lisa Nichols, and I have spent the last 24 years as both the CEO of Technology Partners and as the mother to Allie. Allie has something extra in every sense of the word. I have been blessed to be by her side as she impacts everyone she meets. Through these two important roles as CEO and mother to Allie, I have witnessed countless life lessons that have fundamentally changed the way I look at the world. While you may not have an extra chromosome, every leader has something extra that defines who you are. Join me as I explore the something extra in leaders from all walks of life and discover how that difference in each of them has made a difference in their companies, their families, their communities, and in themselves. I'm excited to have Alex Melvin on the show today. Alex is the third generation CEO of Rural King Farm and Home Store. Alex, I am so excited about having you here today. You and I know each other through CEO Forum, and you know that we are huge Rural King fans. Anybody that knows us knows we have some chickens and some goats, and I've asked for advice. Yes. <laughs> so we're usually there at least once a week. Yeah, and we're happy for that. so friends but also we're good patrons so i'm excited to dive in you know you are now the ceo for rural king you've been the ceo since you were 28 but you started working in the store when you were five (laughs) yes that's correct thank you for having me by the way but um yeah i was only five and uh started in the warehouse you know, hard work was just one of those things that he pushed us on and we didn't have a choice. So five years old starting and worked our way up, right? Right. So you're third generation. So tell me at five years old, I mean, you probably can remember, what were you doing at five? We're working in the warehouse is where, where I started and uh, splitting out freight and getting into the stores and working with the associates, you know, just right beside them. And some of those folks are still here today. To be able to see them, I just stepped out of the warehouse just a little bit ago, just checking on things. And I see those folks that, you know, led me back then and uh, are still with us. Obviously, they made an impact in my life and uh, still do today. You know, it seemed like after a few years, the stores, believe it or not, really, dad always pushed us to go to the store, but it's not really what I like to do all the time. And I ended up going to the farm. And so um, we probably only farmed about a thousand acres at the time. When I got to be about 10, we got probably about 3,000 acres. And dad was like, well, there's enough to keep you busy. So he sent me out there and and also hired me out to a couple other farmers around the neighborhood too, and really grew up farming a lot and also traveling stores with dad. I mean, he was always juggling both the same time. His true passion was farming, but the stores is what gave enough money to be able to buy farm ground and to really do his passion. So I got a big opportunity to to spend the majority of my young adult life working on the farm. And that's obviously very, very hard work and something I loved to do with the equipment that I got to run to um, 
some of the toughest struggles you could imagine. And I enjoyed the, you know, the money. I was a saver and I got to buy my own things. But dad, I'd always push for a raise. It was tough with dad. But, uh, you know, we were working 80, 90 hour weeks during harvest and springtime. So not a lot of people can understand what that's like. And today, that obviously stands for me today. I Work ethic's important if I'm at home. It's hard not to do just nothing, you know. It seems like it's ingrained in you and you you always got something that you're wanting to do. My, my wife says to me, I, I always have too much on my list and I get half of it done, but uh, I always have lots of things that I want to get done. Well, I want to back up just a little bit. So you are third generation. So can you talk, I think the first store was founded in Mattoon in 1960. Yep. In 1960, the, my great uncle opened our first store. He was a farmer too. Uh, he was in his 40s and started with a partner named Keith Beard. And uh, they started on the back of a napkin at a bar talking about this business plan. And uh, wanted to help the farmers. You know, there was a farmer every 50 to 100 acres back then in 1960. Farming was more, you know, the technology that we have today. There was just more of them. They needed supplies and goods to bring to them. And and they found a niche that was needed. And, um, you know, then my dad came into the business in 1978. There was only three stores at the time. Dad took it from 78 to 2011. And uh, we had 40 stores at the time. I took it from uh, there on. Right. And so you came in, you were 28 years old. You came in firstly as a VP mm-hmm. and then you were the CEO. And now you have what, 116 or something yeah, like yep, that? Yep. 120 stores. 120 stores. Yep. And you've crossed over a billion dollars in revenue. That's correct. We're actually... Will be over two billion this year. What an amazing story! There is something special, and I know that I read something about you, and we've already talked about work ethic. You know, you just cannot beat the work ethic that you grew up with, but also you grew up with this customer centricity. You know, it's all about the customer, and there's little things. I always say, you know, sometimes the differentiators are big things, but sometimes they're really small things that really can differentiate you from the crowd. And one of the things you guys do, of course, not during COVID, <laughs> but you do the popcorn. That's right. <laughs> you have the popcorn machine, free coffee. I mean, it's all about the customer when you come in. And, you know, I mean, I know we've always appreciated just a very much of a family feel. Yes, it is. That and, and price, you know. My great uncle of coffee, people slow down and they shop and the, the popcorn dad put that in. And we just kept on with that and tried to continue to perfect and make it better all the time. But uh, yeah, just making us different. And in the selection of products, I mean, we are in our mission statement. It says at the end that we are our customer and it truly is. I mean, I'm our customer and we got to swim upstream. We can't do the same thing that the Walmarts of the world do. And, and we're always finding the niche things and staying close to our customers, staying in our roots and knowing what people want in the rural areas. And, you know, that's the only way we we have a business. So we have to make sure that what we have is what they want. And with that, we do it at a great price. And uh, we're very passionate. I'm very passionate about making sure that we're not overcharging for products and making sure that we're staying competitive. And we love challenging ourselves to be better price than the big boys. Well, there's just not much you can't find there. So we have chickens. So we obviously go there for our chicken food. Yes. Actually, we just got one batch of our chickens from you guys. The kids are always asking about the bunnies. Yeah. (laughs) 
there's bunnies. Recently, we were there and we not only picked up things for the chickens and some collars for our goats, but also we're like, we're out of coffee. Well, don't worry about it. We'll get the coffee at Rural King. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Let's have the big canisters of coffee. So it's wonderful. And you guys have even expanded. You've even got guns. That's right. Since 2012, we started carrying guns and ammo and that's been a, a good business for us and uh, something that we are passionate about anyway. You know, that's a staple for Americans for many years. So you obviously grew up in the business. People knew who you were, Alex, but did you know everything there was to know at 28? I mean, that 28 years old to be. Oh, there, my goodness. Oh, it's like, oh, my gosh. I probably thought I knew I knew plenty. <laughs> you know, I was definitely too young to be doing it, but at the same time, you know, there was a purpose, there was a reason, you know, looking back at that now and the learnings and the struggles, I'm so thankful for the struggling times and the things I've learned and made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes that I wish I could take back. But uh, knowing that those are, are in the past and gone and focus on the future, we're changing a culture, even when I was the problem of the culture, you know, so we're really learning from our past and, and focusing on the future. So, yes. And, you know, I never like to call it failures or, yeah. you know, even mistakes. It's an opportunity to learn. That's right. And I mean, it only becomes really a failure if you don't learn from it. That's right. That's just spot on. And sometimes we can learn more from the times that we have failed. But can you remember any times where, you know, you did have a failure and how did you get through that? Can you tell us what it was? I mean, I don't know if you've got any stories. Sure. I mean, I, um, you know, there was a time period in our company that we got to be very successful 2015 time period. We were feeling like we we're on top of the world. Our company usually does better in a recessionary time period. And so from 2000, really, I came into the company at a good time. Hadn't seen a lot of bad times. You know, dad has always said, usually in the good times when everything's going great in the country is when Rural King has struggled because we sell things that the customers need and want. And it's really need based more than it is want based. And, you know, during that time period in 2015, we, we were real successful. 2016, about the same thing. But I would say pride got in the way big time. You know, we got it all pretty much figured out. And I remember being successful, you know, asking Tell my wife, you know, hey, we got all this, we're doing this. You know, what about needing another challenge all of a sudden, feeling like I had it all figured out, I got it all figured out. Yeah. And the company started spinning. And Megan said to me, she goes, um, you know, I don't want to go. I don't aspire to go have a boat or go have another home or just material things. And boy, that that really set me back. I was, I was really struggling with that. What was my purpose? If I'm not here to make money, then why? What am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? It was just for my age and just in general, like, what am I doing all this for? And had four kids at the time and trying to think through things and um, just moving through life at a fast pace. Well, our company started hurting. You know, I, I started losing my excitement. Like I kind of went into a dark place. I, I would say nobody really probably realized it. Even Megan probably didn't realize it at the time. In 2018, I was fortunate enough to go to um, see David Green uh, with Hobby Lobby. And first thing I thought of was like, David Green, yes, Hobby Lobby, they're successful. They're doing well. You know, we're starting to struggle a little bit. Our, Our sales increases have been slower. Our profits are less than what they were. But, you know, I want to go see them. So I went and saw them. And I'm in this room, 25 people, CEOs. And 
our CFO, Don Davis, which has been with us for 26 years and, and is a friend and a, a neighbor across the office here, my opposite, I'd like to say. He's complete opposite as I am, keeps me on point. David, you know, they open in prayer. Well, I look around, I'm like, golly, I'm not in the right spot. You know, <laughs> I'm not, I was not the faith guy. You know, This is not the David Green I thought I was coming to see. Right, yeah. I'm like, hey, you know, he wasn't open on Sundays. Why didn't I put two and two together? You know, I was like, how, is, how am I even here? He says, uh, you know, we did $5 billion in sales last year. We put $750 million of profit on the bottom line. We make 15% nets. Um, he says, I give all the glory to God. And I'm like, who, who give all the glory to who, you know, you know, they said they gave half their profits away, which just, I was like, whoa, you know, and they're still able to grow. And so for two days, I got to spend time with these folks and very awkward for me at times, just because, uh, I'm, yes, I was in church, but I didn't listen. Okay. I did not listen mm. at all after they sent me home with some information and also got to see Bible artifacts and, that I never really put two and two together. It took somebody like him, an influencer of success, to show me a different light, a life of generosity and a life of love and just a different life. But I was in my office in March 10th, 2018, and, and, and it was a Saturday afternoon, and I was reading a verse, Luke 12, verse 16. And it just talked about storing up grain for yourself, basically retiring and all about being selfish like we all are. And then the next verse, I sent a picture of that. I sent it to my mom and my mom asked me, she goes, what's the next verse say? And it said, do not be anxious. Well, I didn't know I was an anxious person, but I definitely am. But it talked about not being anxious to not worry about your life and such and so on forth. And knowing that these verses were thousands of years old and that people still having the same struggles, we all are still struggling with the same thing forever. And it hasn't changed. The world's changed many times over, but we have never gotten figured out. And it, the Holy Spirit hit me right then and there. And I started crying my eyes out like a baby and realized that there was a God. And the Holy Spirit just hit me and grabbed me. And uh, for the last two and a half years, uh, it's totally changed my life and hopefully changed some others along the way. And um, God is definitely moving in our company. You've been on a journey. You know, I always say it's not rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> no, I would say... Knowing and being aware of your your sin is it's a journey along itself. It doesn't mean we don't sin because we sin every day. But my goodness, being aware of it and then thinking through it and it's definitely a humbling experience. It is. Well, you know what? We've got so much more to talk about. I want to do a deeper dive there. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Alex Melvin. We at Technology Partners understand the difficulty to find work that is engaging, yields high pay, and facilitates a work-life balance. Over the past 25 years, we have enhanced the IT teams of over 244 client companies and placed more than 3,000 IT professionals with them on short-term or permanent basis. Our staff includes over 300 experienced IT professionals. So if you're looking to take the next step in your career, visit jobs.technologypartners.net, apply for a job, and one of our expert recruiters will be happy to connect with you. Welcome back. So, Alex, there's still so many things I want to talk to you about. Well, let me just say this. You are the CEO of Rural King, mm -hmm. but you kind of got it busy home life, too, do you not? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Megan and I, we have five children and we have one on the way. So 11 to 2 is what we have right now. 
And so our our sixth blessing is in November. Amazing. We were laughing because you said, you know, the older ones have to help. Oh, they do. We have no, we have literally no choice. I mean, they, they have to help and uh, they do great. We have great kids and they have a great mom. And I heard on an email, somebody had sent a note and said, uh, marriage isn't about finding the right person. It's about becoming the right person. You know, I just love that because my wife is the opposite. We're both completely opposite of each other. And boy, do I need her because she is my, definitely my better half that I, I need. I love that. Well, shout out to our better halves. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we've been in the middle of this awful pandemic. I would never wish this on our world ever, but it do see there's been a lot of bright spots. Sure. And I like to always highlight those. But how have you guys adapted. And I mean, I kind of know how you've adapted because we've been there a lot. And I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. What have you guys done? What are the measures you guys have taken? Well, when it comes to COVID, our number one focus right out of the gate was the safety of our associates and our customers. Obviously, you know, we can't do it without the people that work in our store and we've got to have our customers on top of it. And so we've done everything from masks to um, cleaning to space and just keeping up with the new things that are coming out. So I I feel like our company has done a really good job and our team has done a really good job staying ahead of that. And now we're kind of in that time period, like, what are we at? You know, we want to settle in where everybody feels somewhat comfortable. We know not everybody's going to be satisfied, but as long as we stay focused on our customers and and our associates' safety, we're going to do good. And then our second goal was to make sure we were supporting our DCs and our stores just in general to, to support them. And then our last comment was just to keep our company strong during this time. Yeah, very good. Well, I know the last time we were there, there was somebody outside and you guys, he had a counter. Yes. Limited number of people that you were letting in the store. So that's right. Applauding you guys. Great job there. Thank you. So obviously technology partners, we're a technology company. So I'd love yeah. to talk to you a little bit. I mean, how has technology, you know, really enhanced Real King? And I know, the online presence was a big one for your dad and you came in and actually made it happen. We were selling things, just not at the rate that we needed to when it came to online business. But um, I think we're all learning how to do online and, and omni-channel through what makes sense for our customer and also for our business to stay competitive and profitable and continue to have a successful business. But you know, technology, there is no doubt, we are behind compared to a Walmart or Amazon I don't plan on catching them ever, you know, nor, nor are we trying to, we're trying to keep things as simple and as easy as we can. Uh, Our company's doing very well through that. But um, we say if we can ship it to the customer's home and we can be competitive, we're probably going to be competitive just for a little while. And that's how we noticed we started doing things in online and shipping it to people. And we would be successful for about six months or a year until an Amazon or a Walmart figured it out. And then we were going against a publicly traded company that didn't have to have profits at the time. And, you know, we just stopped doing it. We said, okay, we're going to charge the customer for shipping. And if they want the item, they'll get it from us. But really focusing on how we can help our customer get the things that have a lot of a lot of shipping cost on it. That's where we can help the customer because before we weren't going to be able to be in that business long term of shipping to the customer's home. So for example, all the livestock handling equipment, big bulky items that they're already coming in for their feet on, they can get all the items that they need 
GatesWise shipped to the store and they can come in and pick it up and it's everything they could imagine. Products that they couldn't get to their homes that's big and bulky that we can help them with and to utilize our existing supply chain. We have stores, uh, we have vendors shipping products already to us. How can we utilize their warehouses, their other products, special order items, so it's basically, it's just, just a big special order process is what we're looking at for our online. And that's where we're the most successful and we can stay the most unique for our customer to be able to, number one, still be able to make money and to, to, to help our customers with what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be chasing our competition. We don't right. need to look like everybody else. I mean, right. there is a special uniqueness to Rural King. You don't have to look like a Walmart or an Amazon. No. In fact, no, if we do, something's wrong. We just killed our Mars candy set. I know it sounds crazy. People are going to be like, why did they kill Mars candy? We looked like a Walmart. We looked like a grocery store. And it's like, no, we need unique candies, fun candies. You know, we can't put the same sets in that that everybody else does. And it just didn't feel right either. Come into Rural King and see all this store-bought type candy. And it's, no, that's not us. You know, we need to be different. Well, stay unique. Stay you guys. We will. So what I'm really excited about, truly, Alex, is talking about more the urban and the home farming. Sure. And I've told you, we have 18 raised beds. We came to Royal King to get all of our plants, our tomato plants, our seeds, everything yeah. came from Royal King. We love it. I didn't think I loved it. I mean, our older son, Jordan, who's 28, and then my husband, Greg, really wanted the garden. And I can remember when they were talking about this. I'm like, no, I don't need one thing to take care of. And Greg says all the time, I'll look out there at you and you're in the garden. Yes. (laughs) So much fun. So what is it with the world right now that people are loving this? And I know you got a lot of knowledge on this. (laughs) You know, we're supposed to be a farm store, right? And the true passion my dad has for farming, and I do too, those people that farm, we have a heart for them, the amount of work and what it takes. We want to serve those customers. But at the end of the day, you know, as technology's changed, you know, there's 36 row planners versus an eight row planner. It takes less people to farm than ever. If you're not farming three, four, five thousand acres, you're small. So there's just less a percentage of farmers out there. So we had to change our mix. We had to change our focus about who our customer was. And this hobby farmer, that's where our focus is. Obviously, COVID has turned that upside down on its head and reshaped it. And now there's so many people that want security. They want safety for their families. And they want to trust a person they're buying from. So The mix of products that we sell, you can survive on. You can have a food source. You can put up fence and buy livestock and you can make it happen. Chickens, you know, you can have your own eggs. You can, and obviously that side of things is what we know and what we do. And we're there to do it for the customer at a great price. And then also, you know, just you you even started guns and ammo. You know, people want to feel safe and they want to protect their families and You know, we want to be there for them for all those goods. I love it because I just, I feel like people are kind of in a way just wanting to return to the simpler times. It's our natural sense too. I mean, it brings back the senses. I mean, we want to raise our food. We want to have plenty of food for our families. And when when there's shortages for meat or whatnot, those natural things that we're born with is how do I supply food for my family? Housing, got to have shelter. Three, we got to have safety for our families. I mean, whether it's guns or ammos or whatever, you know, security systems, alarms, whatever they want. And then lastly, 
they got to have some family fun for their family to keep them from going nuts and um, trampolines and outside UTVs, anything fun. Gardening can be fun. It's fun for me. So it is for us too. And you know what? It's always a big thing for us. So like yes. we, we say, you know what? All hands on deck. That's right. Everybody's out there planting and yeah. you know, and it's just fun and it feels good Honestly, Jordan and I are out there all the time pruning and yeah. you know, and that sort of thing. But it just feels good to accomplish those things together. You yeah, know, it does. And you get to reap the fruits. <laughs> it does, absolutely. So I want to move into something extra. You know, we've already talked a little bit about the something extra that was missing in you at times. And I know, goodness gracious, we could go on and on and on, but we don't have the time to do that. But what do you believe, Alex, is the something extra that every leader needs? I would say, and this is really for our time right now and our company and what I'm seeing, and I've seen this with myself as well, when you're most overwhelmed, when we feel as leaders are the most overwhelmed feeling, it's when we do the worst job. When we feel it's all on us, that we're by ourselves, watch out because it's no good. And I, and I, we as leaders are, are stewards, not only of the companies and businesses that we have, we're also stewards of the people that have been entrusted with us. You know, we need to care and focus on them. And that takes truth and love too at the same time. But uh, head up, you have lots of people and utilize them. They've been given to you for a reason and grow them and raise them up. Right now, you know, our stores have been busy the last few months and things are getting stressful. And a lot of times I'll walk into stores and some of the hourly associates will be standing doing nothing. And these hard, hardworking assistant managers or managers will be busting their butts. And I'm just like, oh, guys, look, they're right there. Make it easy on yourself. We want you to work less hours, not more hours. And uh, we want you to be clean at the end of the day, you know, utilize what's been given. But I think when we're the most overwhelmed, I know when we're the most overwhelmed, at least for me, that's when we struggle the most. Mm -hmm. Great advice. Well, is there something coming up that you want our listeners to know about? Actually, I do. It's called Church Week. And uh, it's, it's put on our heart a couple months ago that the amount of churches that are struggling right now, a lot of people haven't been in session privately held Christian schools of struggling, you know, they don't have tax dollars. The Christian radio stations, which is uh, just our local Christian radio station has been struggling with donations. So that's been put on our heart. And something that my dad had done was, uh, it's called church week. So during the couple week time period that we're picking, it's in the end of August, anything that you're basically shop for, uh, you keep your receipt and turn it into your congregation or school or Christian radio station. And Rural King will donate back 10% of the total transaction after tax. So if your congregation spends $10,000 at Rural King as a group, and that's pretty easy, especially if somebody buys a tractor for $20,000, you can turn around and get $1,000. And you're already shopping at Rural King anyway. So you might as well take benefit and help out your congregation. So uh, we're excited to see uh, how many dollars we can donate. That's awesome. I love it. And we'll have all that information in the show notes for our listeners. But Alex, this has been a blast for me. I've just loved it. And so thank you so much for making the time to come on the show today. Well, thank you for having me, Lisa. You are awesome. So thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's show. Something Extra with Lisa Nichols is a Technology Partners production. Copyright Technology Partners, Inc., 2019. 
For show notes or to reach Lisa, visit tpi.co slash podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen.